And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Covering down on some ground across the northern half of the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about this show goes way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia and Tennessee and Mississippi, all thrown in just for good measure. Um, hey, listen, I'm going to jump in here to a short segment, a part, of the, part two of the Triple Dipper. I'm calling this Numbers Don't Lie. So here, here's the deal. I, 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 as I, you know, sometimes I've told you before, I'm resourcing the show early in the morning, and, and I know exactly where I'm headed. Like I've got a segment uh, tomorrow that I knew I was going to, I'm, I'm already planning on it. I've got a segment that we're doing here at 4 o'clock on the balloon that I knew I was going to do when I came into the show. Other times, though, I am working the dipper, and I'm having to go through the news and figure out, do I see a trend, something that intrigues me, something I think my audience is going to like? And every once in a while, it becomes a theme more than a, sh- a storyline, like this one. I kept finding stories that talked about things related to numbers, and so I call this one Numbers Don't Lie. There's, there's several stories out there that were number-based stories that I thought were significant. They were, they were stories about where dollar signs went or how many people said this or did that. And, and so, yeah, that's where, that's, that's where we're going right now. Just for a few minutes here, I got a, a series of what I would call interesting stories that I just think, you know, numbers don't lie. And it's interesting to see where the dollar signs went. And here's the first one. So you guys, I, I, have, I have, I don't know if I purposely avoided it, but I haven't done any segments at all on this Sam Bankman-Fried um, FTX story. I mean, to me, it's the goofiest story. Everybody who lost money on that should just be personally ashamed. I, I get it. Maybe your maybe your money manager is the one who put you up to it. Maybe maybe somebody was in charge of your finances and they sent it over to FTX to be hidden in cryptocurrency and shifted around the globe. I don't know. But then again, how many people were duped by this kid who needed a haircut wearing a T-shirt and shorts and flip flops, mealy mouth and everything, and people were falling all over themselves for him? Why? Billions, billions, billions are said to be gone now, just ghosted. Well, I'll tell you where a lot of it went. A lot of it went to politicians. A lot of politicians were the beneficiaries of the fraud that is FTX. The interesting thing is we actually have some folks in Alabama who are benefiting. Number one, I noted last night and I sent you know, a text over to uh, Jeff Poor, who is the executive editor for 1819, and he said, yeah, you're right. The State Democratic Executive Committee of Alabama received $10,000 from FTX. How about that? So there you go. So this was not just to support political campaigns. This was money helping to support party infrastructure. $10,000 contribution. Big? Well, in the grand scheme of things, it might not be big. But since the State Democratic Executive Committee of Alabama is almost bankrupt itself, I'm sure $10,000 felt like a lot. But here's the other thing that I thought was interesting. He has largely given to Democrats. And yet we find now that Republican Congressman Robert Adderholt, Republican Congressman Gary Palmer, and Republican U.S. Senator Katie Britt all got campaign donations from FTX. That's Extremely interesting. Now, apparently there are 196 different congressmen who took, according to the article here from 1819 News, dated uh, today, there are 196 congressmen 
who took money from the now bankrupt cryptocurrency exchange. Since FTX's collapse scandal, it says many have been trying to offload illicit contributions by returning the funds. And several campaign managers have expressed frustration not knowing how to give the money back. I will say this, kudos to Katie Britt's office, because she didn't wait to be told where to give it back. She donated it to a charity, <laughs> which you're allowed to do. Uh, so, yeah, you, you are allowed to donate campaign funds to a charitable 501c3 as designated by the IRS. And she didn't say which one, but apparently uh, Katie Britt's office says the money has now been donated to charity. Uh, Adderholt and Palmer's office, and I trust them to, to do the right thing, but Adderholt and Palmer's office uh, have not responded uh, to inquiries about what they have done with the funds or are doing with the funds or will do with the funds or whatever. There's your first, there's your first number. I, I just, I, and it's, I just look at the thing. God, who, how did, how did it, how did it come to be that a guy who looks like a, a, a prepubescent misfit was suddenly able to just spend billions of dollars and people just bought it? I mean, there were, there were, there were extremely wealthy, influential, highbrow people who lost money with Sam Bankman Fried. I, I, I do not get it. I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm not looking for everybody to be spit and polished and have the high and tight haircut and, you know, and be of a certain age or anything else, but at least look competent. I mean, the guy literally looked like every single day he rolled out of bed at college and went to the next interview. He looks just like the kid who's 19 years old. I mean, I did this, who's 19 years old, who unfortunately has a class early in the morning and literally just rolls out of bed and, and goes in looking like he's hangover and goes to class. That's what he looks like. And he had billions of dollars to just throw at politicians. Here's the next one. I have an issue with government subsidization of the markets, not the least of which are all the green energy options that are out there in the world that are being pushed on us. I mean, like, we are literally having government shove green energy down our throats. Not a little bit, a lot. And there are times when what we're finding now is that the government is truly manipulating the market. Now, you can look at things like wind farms and solar farms, and they largely could not exist without government underwriting it or subsidizing their efforts. And that's true. You take a look. You, you, I, I, I tell you right now, the industry, I, I'll never forget, I've said it on the show at least two or three times, Congressman Barry Moore, when he and I both served in the state legislature, and I had a bill that was dealing with wind farms who were trying to build in my district and do so very irresponsibly. Um, I had a bill, and we had a public hearing on the bill, and Congressman Moore, then State Representative Moore, he was on the committee that I was in front of. They hired six lobbying firms trying to kill my bill. They had Pioneer Green was the name of the company. And Pioneer Green was standing there, and after I had made my presentation to the House committee, Representative Moore looked over at the representative and said, I want to ask you a question, Mr. Representative from Pioneer Green. He said, yes, uh, yes, Representative. He said, if you didn't have government dollars, would you be able to build this wind farm? And he said, well, well uh, Representative, I think that, no, 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 I asked you a question. If you did not have government dollars, could you build this wind farm? And to his credit, the guy said, no. And that's what we got right now with this article from CNBC. Tesla, Elon Musk. I've been sort of, you know, fond of Elon Musk's presence when it comes to Twitter of late. 
But Elon Musk, I mean, he's a capitalist. You know what? You throw the money out there. It's not illegal. He's going to do it. But guess what? Tesla has now raised prices on its Model Y, which is one of its, you know, one of its vehicles. Um, they raised it. Why? Because the government is giving a huge tax credit to buyers based upon the Inflation Reduction Act's um, uh, language. A $7,500 electric vehicle tax credit in the Inflation Reduction Act goes into effect in March. So what does Tesla do? It anticipates more sales, so it raises the price. You see what I'm saying? Government put an incentive out there to drive people to an electric vehicle. The electric vehicle folks saw that. It's not lowering your price any because they raised the price. They figure they're going to have more buyers because they're all looking for a tax credit. So what do they do? Tesla raised the price. The change came after lobbying by automakers that had pressed the Biden administration to change vehicle definitions to allow higher-priced vehicles to qualify. And Tesla CEO Elon Musk met with top aides to President Joe Biden last week. This article is brand spanking new, by the way. It came out this weekend. There you are. There's a number. Numbers don't lie. When the government gets into the business of subsidizing the private sector, the private sector will do what it can to make money. And guess who loses? The taxpayer. There you go. Here's one for you. This just this, this makes me mad. Fox News, story dated February 5th. That would be yesterday. Arizona hospital on the brink of collapse after spending $20 million on migrant care and says nobody has a solution. So here's the thing. The border is overwhelmed. Systems are overwhelmed right now with an influx of over 200 to 250,000 people per month coming in. It says migrant patients are overwhelming a border town's sole hospital, straining medical resources, placing the facility on the brink of collapse without sufficient funding to accommodate the influx of people. Dr. Robert Tranchell is the president and CEO of Yuma, Arizona's Yuma Medical Center and told uh, the folks on Fox and Friends Weekend, he said, it's been a long journey. We've been at this well over a year now. We tracked our uncompensated care for a period of over six months, and we calculate we provided over $20 million in uncompensated care to migrants crossing the border. He said, we don't have a payer source. Everybody's sympathetic. Everybody lends a listening ear, but nobody has a solution. We provided $20 million in care to the migrants crossing the border, and we don't have a payer source. It's not a sustainable model to have these continued rising expenses without a revenue. And he added that the $20 million care doesn't even encompass the infrastructure they had to build out to help sustain the workload that they had. I'm just telling you, that's a number that doesn't lie. It's a number that ought to get your attention. It's a number that's not sustainable. This is what happens when you have the only hospital in that part of Arizona saying they've, they've, just, they've given away like $20 million in free medical care. Well, guess what? Somebody has to pay those people who are providing the medical care. And there's nobody providing a solution for the Biden administration at all right now. All right, I got a couple more on this track right here. Numbers don't lie. Boomer, take me to a break, brother. We'll do that right now. Coming back, top of the hour. You want to stay tuned. We're going to have a caller, a friend of mine named Cliff Sims, who worked personally for Donald Trump and then later on worked personally for the director of national intelligence. We're going to get his perspective on what's going on with this balloon story. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
And we're back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Saving the world one soundbite at a time. Hey, uh, text lines are still going, 833-687-4448. You want to text in, we'll take it. That's 833-687-4448, which is otherwise known as 833-68-RIGHT. That's our number. Um, Brian from Huntsville just texted in, says, Wind Farm, just keep feeding President Biden and you have one. <laughs> Not a stable one, though. Uh, Lee from Huntsville. Uh, I'm not sure. Is that the same Lee from Huntsville that's called in or another Lee from Huntsville? I don't know. Um, but it says uh, there should be an account. It's talking about the funds that were returned to the FTX by, by politicians. There should be an account set up for all of these funds to be returned to help reimburse people who have lost money in the scam. I don't accept the whole donated to charity. I need to know what charity and if she has a relative that benefits from the charity. Woo. There's a there's a cynical view right there. But um, but. Oh, that's not a bad point, though. If you're going to give the money back, here's the pot it can go in. Um, then who manages the pot? You know, and who's getting paid to manage the pot? That's just, uh, anyway. Uh, Jeff from Indiana says, with regards to that, he says, Phil, uh, he bought off all the politicians. No one was looking into him, and you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. That's exactly what happened. Everybody's like, wow, cool, campaign funds? I need those. And the next thing you know, wait, he's, what, under indictment? What? Um, what do we do with the money? I don't know. Don't, don't make eye contact. So we'll see whether the state Democratic Party or either our, or any of our two congressmen uh, who apparently got money from him uh, have anything to say. Uh, okay. Hey, listen, last couple stories I've got here on the numbers don't lie. And then top of the hour, uh, Cliff Sims is going to be on the line with us. Uh, Cliff Sims, by the way, was a, um, a, a direct aide to President Trump working in the White House. He also then went from there uh, to be the uh, Deputy Director of National Intelligence for uh, DNI, uh, John Ratcliffe. I figure with the balloon thing going on, he's got to have a perspective. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk with him and see what he's got right after the top of the hour. In the meantime, let me finish out this numbers don't lie piece. So here's one for you. I've said, I've said before here of late, and I can't remember the context in which I said it. I think it may have been education that the only place in the world where you can consistently fail and then get refunded to do it again is government. It just, it's unreal, but it happens on a regular basis. You can do a sorry job. You can have an inspector general's report that says you're a sorry department. You can have a school that is failing. You can have employees that don't even deserve to work there anymore. And by the way, this is not all of them across the board. I'm just saying you can have that. And guess what? You can still submit your budget request for the next year and maybe even get plussed up like the TSA. Just the News Magazine has a story that came out uh, two days ago over the weekend. TSA gets almost $500 million for pay raises and new hires despite a scathing watchdog review. Oh, my gosh. So Just the News apparently has an award they call the Golden Horseshoe, uh, where they highlight egregious, you know, wasteful taxpayer spending um, or taxpayer spending by the government. Thank you. Um, the award is named for the, you know, the horseshoe-shaped toilet seats that military airplanes had back in the Pentagon. It cost a whopping $640 each back in the 80s, which was still, I'd look at that and go, wow. Well, the TSA, the Transportation Security Administration, it reports, is receiving $400 million to use for employee pay raises, $61 million more to hire employees, and expanded collective bargaining rights, which could lead to future pay increases. 
Never mind the fact that they do, you know, questionable work according to one watchdog. Says TSA will receive the $400 million as part of the 4,000 plus page $1.7 trillion omnibus spending package that passed with the aid of 18 Republicans in the Senate, signed into law last December. These raises, these raises are not the result of service improvements, wrote Adam Andrzejewski, CEO of the federal spending watchdog site uh, called openbooks.com. On the contrary, it says a recent report from the U.S. Government Accountability Office has noted problems with discrimination in the screening process and issues with notifying passengers of the complaint process. In other words, what they're saying is, listen, we're $31 trillion in debt. You just passed a massive $1.7 trillion slush fund, and you're doing things like plussing up departments that have questionable track records. And here's the other thing. We're still post-COVID. We're still in the aftermath of the crushing effects of government shutdowns on the private sector. Did anybody in government miss a paycheck? Anybody? Anybody at all? Did anybody miss a paycheck in government, state or federal or local? Anybody? No. And so it's a bit galling when you see $400 million being go, going to give them all raises. But it's hard out there. It's hard. Okay, but I don't think they missed any paychecks, whereas private sector was shutting down, man. Listen, last one I've got, a number, a number that I find fascinating and yet uh, beguiling all at the same time. If you're among the estimated 55 million Americans who use the prescription discount app called GoodRx, have you ever wondered how the app's developer makes money? This is a story off of Red State. came out over the weekend. The headline is, FTC now charges prescription discount app GoodRx with selling personal health data to Facebook and Google. 55 million Americans pay $10 a month for a subscription to an app, which is supposed to show them where deeper discounts are on prescriptions. Maybe it does. Is it just a, the article says, just a Good Samaritan app? Nope, not even close, nor should it be. But it does seem that fair and full disclosure should be provided when they sell your data. Somewhere in there, I guarantee you, you just clicked yes on their terms and conditions. And it said they have a right to promote your data. And, and, And I look at that and go, okay, why is this all right? But as reported by the New York Times, the Federal Trade Commission on Wednesday accused the developer of GoodRx Holdings of sharing sensitive personal health data on millions of users' medications and illnesses with social media companies like Facebook and Google without authorization. They're selling it. They're making money by selling your name. A lot of money by selling your name. 55 million American names. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We're switching gears. We're talking about the balloon when we get back. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. (laughs) 